Make plans to fix your love. Welcome to the Fixer Upper Marriage Podcast. Once you have picked out a house to fix up, you have to take an assessment of any needed repairs or upgrades. Now is the time to make plans, get repair estimates, and set a budget. Your marriage is a lot like that house that needs fixing up. You need to take an honest assessment of your love and make plans to fix it. Today, we will learn five tips for assessing your marriage. Be sure to visit fixeruppermarriage.org where you can follow along with the show notes, sign up for our newsletter, and enjoy additional content. So here it is, making plans to fix your love, taking an assessment of your fixer-upper. Luke 14, verse 28. For which of you, intending to build a tower, sitteth not down first, and counteth the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it, lest happily, after he had laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, all that behold it will begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the privilege to come to your house and, Lord, to be counted as a Christian and counted as a part of your family because of your shed blood we're able to be amongst your people and to be forgiven and lord i'm thankful for your forgiveness and your patience and your kindness your mercies that are new every morning but lord as we look into the scripture today and as we examine our marriages more closely wait may we be drawn closer to you and may we have stronger stronger marriages as a result of what we'll hear today from the Word of God. I pray that you'd help us in the services. May, uh, Lord, we uh, be open and attentive to the Spirit of God. We ask these things in your name. Amen. So here we find this parable of the tower that Jesus gives. And he gives the story of a man who intends to build a tower and he doesn't make any plans to begin with. He doesn't start out with a plan and then he's not able to finish. And he says that would give people an opportunity to mock or give people an opportunity to make fun of this man who tried to build something. You know, we can look at this story and take an inventory and take an assessment of our marriages and our lives and our walk with the Lord based on what we see here. But as we look at our lesson this morning, taking an honest look at your love, making an assessment of your fixer-upper, the one thing you have to do with a house that needs fixing up is you have to take some kind of an assessment of it. You have to make that initial walkthrough of the property. Let me grab your clipboard and you go through and you take note of things that need to be fixed. What things actually are wrong? What things we need to take a look at? that need to be fixed. You need to identify those areas that need updating. That green shag carpet was awesome in 1970, but in 2018, it just doesn't work anymore, does it? So sometimes we just have to update the house. And sometimes you go through and things need to be inspected. Maybe the electrical systems need to be inspected to make sure they're up to code. Or maybe you need to make sure the structure is good so that the house doesn't fall in on you. And you may even have to have experts come in and give you estimates to fix things that are wrong. But why is it so important to get an assessment? It gives you a baseline of the house. It allows you to plan. It allows you to make a budget. Now, these are the things that I need to fix. And it, I can budget now to fix those things that are wrong. So what happens next? You get those estimates. You write out a detailed 
budget and you set goals like when can we have this project done? We, when we can finally have our house ready to live in, this fixer-upper that we have. But our marriages are a lot like that fixer-upper that needs that assessment. Sometimes we have to sit back and assess our marriage. Sometimes you have to take a good look and examine the way our marriage is. You know, sometimes marriages are not properly planned for. I would say that a lot of times marriages are not planned for the way that they should be. My wife meticulously planned our wedding. She, every week, she would go buy a little something for the wedding, all the way up to the wedding, wedding date, and she planned everything. Now, every last detail was planned. We even had a rehearsal dinner before our wedding, and every detail had to be exactly right. You even had to walk down the aisle at exactly the right speed. We had to come in at exactly the right cue to the music and walk up to the platform, and everything had to be perfect. And we even had a wedding uh, a wedding planner or someone to help uh, designate the wedding. Someone's designated to actually help with the wedding on that day. They were kind of the director, would be the word that I'm searching for, the director of the wedding. We had a good friend of ours, Brother Don Anderson and his wife Juanita. Juanita was the director of our wedding and she was so great at that. She did every detail had to be exactly right. We spent so much time planning for that wedding or my wife spent, I should say, so much time. I just showed up and did what they told me to do. Stand here, do this, say this, now say that, now. And I just did what I was told to do. My wife spent so much time planning for a wedding ceremony. But you know, there just are not that many things to help us in other regards about being married. We just blindly go into it. It's like we're just thrown to the wolves. I don't know why we think that way. It's just it's like we're just supposed to know what to do when we get married, but we all know it's not that way. You get married, it's kind of on-the-job training. Now we're having to learn these things that maybe somebody that had been married for 50 years should have taught us to begin with, right? But now we're just learning on the fly, just learning as we go, but marriages today are just not properly planned for. I mean, we get engaged and we're just in love and all we think about is the ceremony and being together and we don't really plan like we should. And I think maybe a lot of times that's why marriage problems come into play so quickly. We didn't really plan. I mean, we didn't anticipate that someday we would have an argument. Could you believe we were so madly in love and we just made goo eyes at each other and every moment we wanted to be together and then one day, out of the blue, we get into a big fight, a big argument. It's like it just blindsides us, like we're not ready, we're not prepared like we should be. There's emphasis on maintenance in marriage. Without some kind of plan for maintenance, things just fall apart and break, don't they? It's like that in our house. If you don't have some kind of plan, some way, of keeping things up, they just start to break down. I mean, things just start to fall apart. Therefore, if you don't keep things up in your marriage, it just, things break. And sometimes, unfortunately, in marriage, that's the only time we think about marriage when something breaks down. Sometimes it's like that way in our house, isn't it? We don't really think about the washing machine till the washing machine breaks down. Then now we're thinking about maintenance on the washing machine. We don't think too much about maintenance on the car until it breaks down. I should have changed the oil like I should have. I should have checked the air pressure in the tires. I should have done regular maintenance on my car. It's like that in our marriage. Sometimes we don't think about those things until we start having big problems. I and mean, we have this big fight. Oh my goodness, we should have been concerned about our marriage before we had this big fight. And now we've got this problem and now we're going to try to fix it. But you know what? Preventive maintenance can go a long way. How do you take an assessment of your marriage? 
Recently, I had to make a trip to the, to the emergency room. I'm not the type of person that goes to the doctor very often. For all practical purposes, I'm fairly healthy, and I just don't like to go to the doctor. And finally, I, just the last three years, I started going for my checkups every year because I thought, well, maybe I should try to make a little bit of emphasis to be healthy. But I had to make a trip to the ER recently with a problem with my eye. And we went to the ER. I was in excruciating pain. You could just tell my eye just looked horrible. And we sit out in the ER down in Greenville. We sit out there for probably three hours in the waiting room. And then when they finally took me back, we got in this tiny little room. And I said, we've got to turn the lights out. The light is just killing my eyes. So we turned the light out. And a nurse finally comes in and she says, on a scale of one to 10, what would you rate your pain as? And I said, ma'am, I have been waiting in the ER for three hours. I'm in excruciating pain. I need some pain medicine. So she says, let me go get you something for throw up because I'm sure, let me get you something for nausea because I'm sure you're nauseous from the pain. I said, well, I'm nauseous. Yes, I'm nauseous because I'm hurting so bad. I need some medication. I need something for pain. But it's just irritating takes me when they ask that question of one to 10. Well, how do I, how, well, how do I answer that? Or is there some magic number I'm supposed to tell you to get the medicine that I need? I'm here in the ER because I need, it's an emergency. This is an emergency room. Therefore, I need something for pain because I'm hurting. But it uses scale of one to ten on your marriage one would be you're separated you're apart you're not together at all and ten was you being like Christ in the church your marriage being like Christ in the church where would you put your marriage on that scale where would you be would you be closer to Christ in the church or would you be closer to the couple who's fighting and arguing and separated you have to ask yourself questions are we still in love am I happy where my marriage is at right now and does my spouse feel the same way? Sometimes we can just be blind about it. And especially men, sometimes we're just content. We just get used to things being a certain way. And nobody stops to think, how does my wife feel right now? Sometimes a wife doesn't stop, stop to think, how must my husband feel about the way I'm talking to him or the way I'm treating him or the things that I say to him, the words that I use? But ask yourself some questions, some serious probing questions about your marriage. Take an assessment, but here are five tips for evaluating your marriage. Five simple tips for evaluating your marriage. Number one, do not compare yourself with others. Do not compare yourself with others. And the reason is things are not always as they appear. People have different faces in public than in private. We all know that's true. For example, have you ever had an argument on the way to church? I have had an argument with my wife on the way to church. I think maybe a lot of people have had that happen. The devil just seems to always get involved when, it's, when you want to do something for the Lord and you're trying to get the kids ready and trying to, get every, and trying to be on time and you're just working so hard to get everything right and you just get in an argument on the way to church and you pull up in the parking lot, what are you supposed to do? Well, you fake it till you make it, right? You go into church and you put on a different face. And sometimes when we see people in public, it's not really what's going on in private. And so when we compare ourselves to other people, what we're comparing may not be a realistic thing. They may not be the way they appear to be. But the goal is to be like Christ in the church. You shouldn't compare your marriage with other marriages because the goal is not to be like another marriage. Your goal is to be like Christ and the church. You have that relationship similar to Christ in the church. Just as is mentioned in Ephesians 5, 
in verse 22 to 33, how that marriage relationship mirrors the love relationship with Christ and the church. We make the mistake of comparing ourselves to others. Take, for instance, the way we use the word spiritual. A statement like this, I want to be more spiritual. What that means is I want to be more like, a lot of times what we mean is I want to be more like a person that I know who I consider to be spiritual. Or I want to be like a person that I've heard about that people th other people think is spiritual. Or I want to be like this person that I read about in a book who I think is spiritual. But our ultimate example is Christians should not be imitating anybody else except for the life that Jesus lived before us. So we get things mixed up sometimes. We start to compare ourselves with other people, and that's not what we should do. The Bible addresses this issue in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse number 12. For we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. Therefore, your marriage should be compared to Christ and the church and not to anyone else, not to anyone else's standards, but the standards of the Word of God. Husbands should treat their wives the way that Christ treats the church. And wives should treat their husbands the way that the church should treat Christ. God has unique plans for everyone. You should serve the Lord where you're at. If, for example, a stay-at-home mom who feels like she is getting nothing done. How many people can equate with that? When you're home with the kids all day and the housework never gets done, you feel like you're getting nowhere. But you know what? Every day, every moment that she spends with her kids, she is changing those lives. She is making an impact on their lives. You know, it may not seem like you're getting anywhere in life, but if you are serving the Lord, you are doing something incredible. It may not be when you compare to someone else and you see some great thing that you feel like they're doing. The great thing for you to do is to do what God wants you to do. And when you, when you serve the Lord in your marriage and you serve each other and you're doing what's right in your marriage, you are doing God's will for your life. And God has unique plans for each individual. Number two, fix what you can. Fix what you can. Make the small repairs that you can. Let's just use my house as an example. I would love to remodel my front porch. I mean, the wood's starting to rot out some. I would like to take out the railing and the post and put new posts up and make it look really nice and put something decorative there, but I cannot do that right now. For one thing, I don't have the money to do it, right? That's a big limitation. I don't have the funds, of, I don't have the resources to do it. Another reason is I don't have the, the knowledge to do it. I mean, I could imagine what would happen if I came out there and tied ropes to our post of our front porch and pulled it out with our car. I mean, it would not turn out good, I'm sure. But someone who has the knowledge would know what to do, would know how to fix that. I don't have that knowledge. But you know what I can do? I can take a can of paint and I can paint the front door. That's something that I can do. Our door was sticking at our house, and the other day I went and bought screws. They were just about $3, and I laid in the floor, and I put new screws in the hinges, and it made such a big difference. It made such a big difference in that door. What I'm trying to make a point is, you may not be able to fix the big thing. I may not be able to put that new porch on my house that I really, really, really want, but you know what? I can fix that front door. 
in our marriage is a lot like that. There are some things that we just can't fix right now. They're too big to fix right now. There's some big projects in your marriage that are hard to fix. But you know what? You can sit on the couch and hold hands and fix a few things in your marriage, can't you? You can fix a few small things in your marriage. You can go out to lunch together and maybe put a nail in that broken part of your marriage. You can maybe fix something small along the way. Fix what you can. Do the little things. Now let's just be honest. We are all broken in some way, right? In some way or another, we're all broken. It's almost like God made marriage to have conflict. When you stop to think about it, God made man, and then God made woman, and he made them to be together. But he made them completely different in many ways, in many aspects. It's just like almost as if God made man, God made marriage to be a point of conflict at times. It is God that made us different knowing that conflict would come. But you know, God can use that conflict in your marriage to draw you closer together and closer to Him. Maybe God knew that there would be problems in your marriage that you couldn't just automatically fix. And He would use those problems to make us more like Him. Let's just stop for a minute and think about one of my favorite Bible stories. This is in John chapter 8. In verse number 1, the scribes and Pharisees, they took, brought this woman to Jesus who they said was taken in the very act of adultery. I mean, they made this big deal out of this. They went and found this woman. She was in, in the very act of committing adultery. And they pulled her out and they drug her out before the Lord in the middle of the street. And they said, this woman, Lord, was taken in the very act of adultery. And they informed Jesus that the law of Moses commanded that she be stoned. And so they stood there and they all, the scribes and Pharisees, got in a circle and they all had stones in their hands. And they were ready. They were trying to tempt the Lord. And they said, Lord, this woman here... Calling the act of adultery, she needs to be stoned. The law says that she should be stoned. It was Moses' law. And Jesus just ignores them. He stoops down and writes something in the sand. Who knows what it was? And finally, as they kept trying to provoke him, he finally says, He that is without sin among you, let him cast the first stone at her. And so as they stood there, they thought about the words that Jesus said. And the Bible said they were convicted by their own conscience. One by one, they each dropped their stones and they walked away. And this woman found forgiveness of her, from her sins from the Lord. But sometimes we're that way toward our spouse. I mean, we're just like, look at what you did. Look at what my spouse did, Lord. My husband did this. You, I can't believe he did this. He did this wrong. And look how bad this is, how bad our marriage is because of what he did. But all the while, we are all broken in some way. <clears throat> and that's what these Pharisees and these scribes found out. They started to think about their own life, and they began to remember the things that they had done wrong. And sometimes we try to be harder than our, on our spouses than we should be. But you can fix the small things in your marriage. You can fix those things. Fix what you can. Number three, have a plan. Set some realistic goals. What can I do to make my marriage better? Do something to help your marriage every day. You know what? If you have lost your trust, do little things every day to show your trust. If you have lost your love, do a little something small every day to show your love. Consider this. Here's a challenge for next week. 
every day this week, write down a compliment of your spouse, for your spouse. So think about something good that you can compliment your spouse on. Write that down and somehow communicate it. Maybe you could put it in a text message. Maybe a phone call. Maybe leave a note somewhere where your spouse will find it. If you wanted to leave a note for me, my wife would put it on the refrigerator because that's where I'm going to go in the morning. I'm going to get something to eat. But put a note somewhere where your spouse will see it and communicate a compliment, something special about your spouse. Find some way to share it with them. If you say, well, I can't think of anything. My spouse is so bad, I can't think of anything. I'll tell you what. If you will pray and ask God to show you the five or six things you need for the week, I'm sure that God will show you some great things about your spouse that you can write down. Do something little every day. Have a plan to make your marriage better. Have a plan. Have an objective. Do little things every day to make your marriage better. Number four, enjoy the good things in your marriage. Enjoy the good things in your marriage. Refocus on the good. You know what? In my house, there are things that I absolutely love, even though there are things that need fixing. Even though I'm a little disappointed about my front porch, there are things about my house that I love. But really, at the end of the day, my house is just a temporal thing. It's really not that important. But my marriage is something that's very important. There are things about my spouse that I love, even when we're having problems, even when things are not going the way we dreamed, even though things are not the happily ever after like we envisioned when we were standing before everybody and saying our vows and we were so excited. But what was it about your spouse that made you fall in love? I still remember the first time that I noticed my wife. We had a mutual friend named Penny, and I knew Penny for many years before that. She's a very sweet lady, and Penny was a friend of mine and also a friend of my, my wife's. And they were together one day, and I thought, well, she must be a godly lady if she's with Penny, because I know that Penny always does right. And so if she's friends with her, I'm sure that she's a godly young lady. And then I walked up to to her where she was at, and she had these beautiful green eyes. And my wife smiled at me, this gorgeous smile, and it like my whole world just stood still. This is gorgeous smile that she, she had. And even though we have our share of problems, there are those times when things are not right. There are times when we're just having a terrible time. I'll see that gorgeous smile sometimes, and it makes me remember why I fell in love with her to begin with. Those things about your spouse that made you fall in love with them. Life and time changes people, but your love can stay strong with the help of the Lord. Refocus on the good. Reflect on all the memories. Don't throw away your past and future for temporary problems that you're going through now. Sometimes we get locked into the present, don't we? We just get locked into where we're at and we can't see anything else. And we can't see how madly in love we used to be. And we can't see how we were just so in love with one another. And we can't see the future that if we just work things out, we'll be happy together again. But sometimes when you're having problems, when things aren't working out the way you think they should, or maybe your marriage isn't exactly the way it should, or maybe you have some issues in your marriage that you can't fix right now, focus on the good things in your marriage. Step back and just adjust your focus and see the big picture that God has something for you. God has something for your marriage believe in each other. Take a chance on your spouse. The first time I spoke to my wife, I took a chance. 
And I believe that you probably did too. The first time you spoke to your, chance, your spouse, you kind of put yourself out there. I'm making myself vulnerable. I'm speaking to this girl who may or may not be interested in me. She may or may not want to have anything to do with me at all. She may or may not ever want to see me again. And after she really gets to know me, she really might want to have nothing to do with me. But I put myself out there and I spoke to my wife and we started a relationship. I took a chance on that. Believe in each other. Take a chance on each other. I'm upset with my spouse. You say, I'm angry with my spouse. You won't believe what my spouse did. Take a chance. Take a chance. What do you have to lose by taking a chance on your spouse? Believe in each other. Number five, do not wait on your spouse. If my spouse, if my wife would just start talking to me respectful, then I would really love her. Or a woman might say, if my husband would just learn how to show me that he loves me, then then, then I would respect him. Then I would talk to him with respect. Don't wait on your spouse. Take a step of faith. Take the initiative to change things even if your spouse does not. Trust that God will honor his word and then find the joy in the process. Even if your spouse doesn't get on board and it may not happen right away, you can enjoy doing right in this moment. There is joy in serving the Lord through your marriage. Allow God to change you. Let the challenges in your marriage change you for the better. Let God use your marriage to make you more like Jesus. In conclusion, let's review the five tips for evaluating your marriage. Do not compare yourself with others. Number two, fix what you can. Number three, have a plan. Number four, enjoy the good things in your marriage. And number five, don't wait on your spouse. God has something amazing planned for your marriage. Let's pray. Father, we thank you again for this day. Thank you for the privilege to be able to come to church and have the opportunity to hear from the Word of God today. And I pray that you would change our lives as a result of putting our confidence in you, of putting our faith in your Word and doing what the Bible says in our lives and in our marriages. We ask these things in your name. Amen. Amen.